everybody welcome to another episode of the late bloomer podcast i'm your host alia joyer and today i wanted to talk to you guys about being in the in-between right not quite where you want to be but also not in your past either right in the middle of your destination basically the journey in the middle of it um it's very uncomfortable in this space and i'm speaking from experience i'm currently in it right now and it's a lot of uncertainty in this place. And I think that God intends it to be this uncomfortable for a reason. Having to fully rely on him and go places you don't necessarily want to go and do things that you don't necessarily want to do at the time. Um, and just being transparent, like it took a lot for me to even start this podcast and to even show up again and show up every time for another episode. Um, even though I do love to talk, I do love to do these things. I just feel like the access and the uncomfortability of transparently sharing your story on a bigger platform or like people knowing you, but not really knowing you. So now they really go know all of those things playing in the back of your mind. It's a very uncomfortable space to be in. And, um, all I can think about is Abraham, when he went to a place, he didn't want to necessarily go. He didn't necessarily know, he knew what, what was in that land God was calling him to. And he also was like, why there? You know what I mean? Like, I'm pretty sure it came with a lot of questions. It came with a lot of inner battle and things like that, just because it was Canaan. And I don't know if you, again, we're going to go into the Bible on this channel. So if you don't want to hear about the, the Lord's word, click away. But um, I lean on it for my understanding because it's just a life manual. It just is it teaches me everything I need to know about the season I'm going through because a lot of people already been through um, the same territory. And um, Abraham's one of those people for me and him going into the land of Canaan was big and probably more than likely uncomfortable because I don't know if you know the backstory about Canaan, the man himself, but he was the grandson of Noah. And he was the grandson of Noah. He was a son of Ham, which was Noah's son, who basically disgraced him when Noah got naked and drunk one night. He basically came out and shamed his dad and told everybody he's in there naked. And, you know, if you see a drunk person that gets naked or whatever, you can imagine all the things that are said about that person. And so he looked at his father's nakedness and he kind of shamed him for it. And his father got up and realized and found out what he did versus what the brothers did for the dad. And he cursed Ham's son, which was Canaan. And so the land of Canaan and the people of Canaan, his descendants were known for their sexual perverseness. They were known to like sacrifice children. That's some of their known sins, like super sexual perverseness and sacrificing children and just crazy stuff. Right. So you can imagine the land he was walking into. He was probably like, man, I don't want to be here. <laughs> I don't see why you're saying this is the place, but he didn't. He just obeyed God and he walked with God. Now he didn't fully obey him because he did bring some stuff that wasn't supposed to go with you. We're going to address, but he came into this land, um, 
that looked a certain way that looked like he didn't even belong there. Like a man of God, what would he be doing in a sexual perverse area that's known to be loose when it comes to those things and known to kill and sacrifice children? Um, he didn't make him do it, but he walked him into it as if he was one of them, which wouldn't make sense, which is why it's so important to discern the voice of God and know when he's speaking specifically to you. Because it may look crazy, it may look unchristian-like or whatever, but if he's telling you to do something, then you have to do it. But there's a lot of uncomfortableness that comes along with that and a lot of certainty. And um, especially when he makes you leave the comfortability of, of, of your home and the things you built in your family and all these things. And that's what I'm going through. I'm here with my family again. I'm now in a season where I am around my family, but it's still unfamiliar territory for me because... I'm in a space that I once journeyed through, but I'm not familiar with it anymore just because I'm not the woman I was when I was here. And when I moved to Austin, it felt like it wasn't too far from home, but it wasn't home. You know what I'm saying? But I still had the kind of covering of my mom. I still was able to come every weekend if I wanted to. And when I moved to Atlanta, that was like Canaan for me. And it was kind of like, you know, it's uncomfortable because you're also having to fully rely on God for everything. And uh, Elijah was the same way. Elijah literally was waiting by a brook for a bird to come and feed him his food and to drink water from a brook. And I don't know if you know or not, but water isn't always at a brook. Like it doesn't always flow freely. It's not like a river that always has sitting water. It comes and it goes. Sometimes it may be there and sometimes it won't be. And that's exactly where God wanted him to be. He was down the street from his hometown. He was literally around the corner. He could have left and journeyed right right on back. I think he even passed it up going to the brook that God told him to go to. And that is very uncomfortable space to be in, to not know what's next, to not know what's in front of you, to strictly be living off of the word of God and his direction and whatever he says to you. And your life is literally blowing up around you or it feels like it's blowing up around you. And there's nothing you can absolutely do about it. There's nothing you can do to find your solution. And if you do find your solution, you'll be no different than the Israelites. Um, when they were basically seeing what was good in their own eyes and they were choosing for themselves wives and husbands and they were choosing for themselves what looked good, what God to worship. They were choosing for themselves rather than relying and obeying on God. And I think that a lot of us, uh, we get in situations where God is forcing us to trust him and we choose our own solution. It's like when you go swimming and you learning how to float. I don't swim that good. Yeah, I'm all right. But learning how to float was especially hard. I think it was harder than learning how to swim to me just because when you're floating on top of water, you literally have to lay on the water and just trust it to keep you afloat and like let go of your thoughts, let go of your your ligaments. You just got to lay flat and limp. Okay. And let, and just let the water take you right. And trust it to hold you up. Well, that's, a lot of the positions that I've been in with God, like in the in-between seasons, it's just like full reliance on him to do it. If he does not do it, if he does not make a way, if he does not pay my bills, if he does not show up in this way, it absolutely won't happen for me, right? That's just the place he's been in. He's literally stripped. When I say stripped, uh, no magic city, but stripped, okay? That's literally the season that I've been in, but it's right where I where he wants me to be. And I've been journeying through this Bible plan with um, with the Bloom Collective, um, which is my little small group that I that God had me start. 
and we've been journeying through um, the Bible app and it's taken us through Genesis, Judges, Leviticus, the very beginning of the Bible that most people would like to skip because all those dang old names, Jesus, why we can't pronounce the names? Anyway, we're at the beginning of the Bible and um, we got into Judges, which I thought was going to be super boring. I thought Leviticus was going to be super boring. I was like, look, because <laughs> baby, this here. But no, I was getting so much revelation. So right now we're in, we're in Judges and I'm really, we're really diving into Gideon's. It's taking us through Gideon's story and God calling him. But what I found funny is before Gideon was even called, God, it was like a remnant of some Israelites that were left over from what, I forget what happened. I have to go back and look at it, but um, it was a remnant of them. And it said that God strategically placed them in the middle of a place that was considered a war zone because they haven't been through war. It was the one specifically that had not experienced war at all against Canaan. They sat them in a place to where they would literally have no choice but to fight. And it said he wanted to teach them warfare. And I said, wow, so you're going to put them specific, you strategically put them in a difficult situation to teach them how to fight. Right. And so that's the situation a lot of us go through. And that's the situation I'm currently in. He's literally putting me in a place where warfare is super heavy, like even mental warfare, any warfare you can think of, child. I've I've had to come toe to toe and go blow for blow. OK, but it's. Reading that helped me understand that it was strategic, that it's necessary. It's absolutely necessary. I, I watched a video with Fantasia being interviewed with Danielle Brooks. and They were interviewing um, this young British um, journalist. And she was just telling them how difficult times have been for her, how, how much pain she's in. And it brought me to tears because Fantasia was like, yo, it is necessary. Do you know how many no's we had to hear? Do you know how many times we got kicked down? Do you know what was said about me? And I had to go through that because it was necessary because look at the part I'm now able to play. I can fully identify with this character that has been called ugly, that's been kicked down, discarded because she played Seeley. And God was prepared. Even in those times, we can't understand what we're in at the time. It's preparation. Like it's so crazy. When I tell you I used to work jobs that I would literally work jobs and hate it so much that I would save every paycheck in preparation to leave. Like I'd be like, yeah, bye. I don't, this ain't benefit me. I was a runner. She's a runner. She's a track star. Okay. I was like, peace out, babe. <laughs> I would save every check to leave y'all. Okay. And that's just the space I used to be in. But once I got to Christ, he put me in places where he was like, what if I don't allow you to leave? I'm not letting you leave this job. I'm like, I'm not letting you quit this. This is preparation. I wore every hat, pretty much every hat in that department. My manager used to hand me her work. And <clears throat> mind you, I was only getting $14 an hour. And this is, I, I think I was like 23 at the time, 24. I'm 24 years old and my peers are catching flights and all baby and I'm scraping pennies together to eat lunch okay and I was wearing every hat in that department I even started to travel all over the U.S. mind you it was kind of like I became sort of a corporate trainer because I would go to these places and they would ask me to train people and all these things was happening to me 
that was journeying alone with God. And I remember traveling with him and asking him, Lord, like, what are you doing? I know you're going to move me somewhere and I don't know where, but I know you're preparing me for something even while I was in it. But I didn't really understand, but I knew I had to submit to him. And mind you, I would go to these different customer service departments within the um, company, but it was at different distribution centers. I won't name the company, y'all, even though I want to name drop them real bad to tell y'all to run, okay? But (laughs) I would go to these places and I would deal with different, like all of these different demographics of women, different age ranges, different races. And I would speak life into them because honestly, the company just felt like it sucked the life out of everybody that came there. And it was like a trap or something. I don't know what kind of spirit was over that place, but I was ready to go. But it just seemed like it just drained the life out of people and that they once had aspirations and dreams and they all died there and they all just settled in that place. And and you can see the life that has gotten drained out of these people. Some people have been there 20 plus years. Some people have been there less than two years. And the, the ones that have been there a shorter time were, of course, younger. And the ones that have been there a longer time were older. They were bitter. Their hearts were hardened. They were like... They were cut dry and like, you know, very sharp and, and you can just, you can just feel the anger and the pain on them when I was in those environments and I would come in and God would just have me speak a word into someone or he would have me, um, he would just have me take in where I was. Right. And now I've started a Bible study, like, and, and now I'm moving state to state, like wherever he tell me to go, literally I have to pack it up. Like y'all, I, when I tell y'all. I pack light, okay, pack light, okay, I do, because ain't no telling where he's going to tell me to go next, and I can't be having all this baggage with me, I can't be bringing unnecessary stuff with me, I have to have this space to, you know, to really adapt to where I'm going and not have all this overhead on me, which brings me to baggage, um, there's certain things and people that just can't go, there's a lot of stripping, like I said, going on, and no magic city but there's a lot of stripping going on and i remember you know first entering this season this in-between season um there was a lot of people that i thought would come that i literally wanted to drag lasso up and, and drag with me and i tried you know i did try and i moved off and um and god was just showing me stop being loyal to a fault and I really didn't understand what that meant. I said, what do you mean? <clears throat> and he was saying, you're seat saving. He said, you need to stop saving seats. It's like you're taking a flight, right? I'm going to give you all this analogy because he really has to speak to me in color because a girl be, it be going shoom, shoom, shoom. So it's like you're taking a flight and there's people that have assigned seating, right? You get tickets, there's assigned seating on a flight. However, I'm seat saving for people that don't even have a ticket to be on this flight. He was like, that was the last flight. They were supposed to fly with you and journey with you on that last flight. But this one, they don't have a ticket for. And you're saving people's seat for some people that can't even get on this, that don't even qualify to get on this flight. That aren't even going to the same destination you're headed towards. I specifically assign people here to sit next to you and journey, take this journey with you. And also this altitude go to this altitude with you and you just are refusing. I'm not going to hold you. I was meeting people and I was keeping, I was doing the Heisman on people because I was like, (laughs) I still have my people. Like I still have these parts of my heart that are reserved for other people. So I'm not fully going to 
accept people in and put them in the and let them uh, allow them to get into the place where they're supposed to be in my heart because I'm holding seats for other other people. And one thing about it, two things for certain, God will shake up the place so bad. If you don't want to let them go, they will start to let you go. Mind you, it was some people that did that God was showing me, you know, even now he's still showing me like, these are the people, these are your sisters. But there's other people that he was giving me dreams, child. He was showing me so much. And I was just like, oh no, I love her, right? He was revealing, revealing the intentions of people's hearts. He was doing all these things to show me, Aaliyah, you need to release. You need to release to receive. And I couldn't. And it was just like Abraham when he brought Lot. Yes, he brought them and they started to benefit and be and be blessed by all the things that Abraham was able to do, all the access he was able to get, his plunder. They had the same type of access because he was also a man of God, right? Lot did know God because whenever God was pouring out his wrath on Sodom and Gomorrah, he only he was the only person that was righteous that got saved. And Abraham literally begged God, like, if there's only 10 righteous people, would you really blow up the whole town? And he said, well, go get that, go get that person and get them out of there. Okay. That could happen. If you do drag the people along with you, they could be blessed because you're blessed and all these things. But the thing is, it's going to get so uncomfortable between the two of y'all. Y'all will have to separate. Cause that's what happened with Abraham and Lot. They got so much plunder and all these things started happening that Abraham's people and Lot's people started to strife. So they started to make strife between them. And it got to the point they have built their empire so high that they couldn't even share together. They couldn't even walk together anymore. So the separation had to happen anyway because he wasn't supposed to bring them in the first place. And it can go like that or it can become like a Jonah where the person you're walking with and you're trying to go with are going in a separate direction you are, right? Just like Jonah on a boat with them people. And it cost them all their cargo. God just started shaking up the boat just started shaking the table on all of them into the point where they literally had to throw Jonah off the boat. And for me, I feel like that's what started to happen. Not that people started to lose things and all this stuff from being attached to me. It's just the fact that they had to throw me off their boat. They knew they were heading in a certain direction and I had to go. You know what I'm saying? So either it was me getting thrown off the boat or it was me going ahead and going my separate way from them. And It had to happen and it sucks because you love these people and it's almost like you're grieving, you're grieving, you know what I mean? This relationship and you're also grieving all the stuff that could have been, you know, the trips that you wanted to take and you didn't have the thoughts of people being in your wedding and all this stuff, but he starts to reveal those things, those intentions of their hearts and all these things and it, it does suck and it really hurts. And there's a lot of separation whenever God is pivoting you, whenever he's putting you in in the middle of the journey, there's a lot that has to happen. And a lot of it too has to, that has to happen is a, is a preparation within. He has to take some stuff out of you as well, because there was a lot of ideals I used to be um, married to. There's a lot of thoughts about myself that I was married to that I didn't value myself as much. I let people kind of I was kind of a people pleaser in those seasons. Like I really cared about what people thought, not to say I don't care about people, what people think, but their opinion doesn't trump God's opinion. So if he's telling me to do or say something and I'm thinking about how it will be received, I've now put people in the seat of his seat, right? When really his opinion only matters. So with that, 
I'm no longer that girl. I don't care what people may think. I don't care what my obedience looks like to other people. I just care that I'm being obedient to my father and what he told me to do. But in those seasons, child, I was definitely a people pleaser. I did not know how to say no in a lot of seasons of my life. And going through what I've been through and being in this in-between season, having certain things come up and certain things worked out of me and me having to learn how to forgive. That's another thing, y'all, that he's been teaching me in this middle in this in this middle journey is accepting the stuff that I cannot change, accepting that some people won't change and loving them anyway and loving them for where they currently are right now. I think that was my biggest hurdle that I had to face. And I'm still, I'm still, you know, learning and growing in that area. Um, But being free to let them go was the biggest thing. Um, Because here's the thing, a lot of the stuff we want to carry, whether it's unforgiveness, whether it's old relationships and people and um, old ideas about ourselves and how we view ourselves, as much as we want to be comfortable keep that comfortability and keep that place to ourselves, and also go where God is sending us, we can't. Because the thing about it is, is it will not withstand the journey. Either it's going to drag you down or it's going to ruin everything he has for you at that destination. Once you get there, could you imagine me being a people pleaser wherever he's sending me? Could you imagine me just saying yes to any and everything? Especially, I know, I, I understand where I'm being sent. But going into these places and being in these rooms, he already gave me a glimpse of when I moved to Atlanta and sitting me at these tables. I couldn't imagine being the woman that I was when I was in Austin and going back to Atlanta with the same ideals, the same temperaments and and the same people pleasing kind of attitude. Um, Going the extra mile for people, not saying don't pour into people because that's very important, but Pouring into people to the point where you're empty and you don't have anything to give yourself and you don't have any self-love and you don't really feel, you know, you feel a numbness come over you when it pertains to yourself, but you're pushing for other people. All of that had to be worked out because I couldn't imagine that woman surviving Atlanta. Like it's a lot of wolves and sheep clothing out there. And if you're just saying yes to any and everything, you will get ate the heck up. (laughs) You would get ate up plain and simple. Yeah, and not, you know, throwing your pearls to swine is a big thing. Um, Not explaining your obedience. A lot of this middle ground, this middle season, I've experienced um, my yes to God isn't logical. There's nothing logical about being in the in-between because you're literally stepping out on faith and you're believing him. And when you're believing him, it looks impossible to human. Right. To us, it looks very well impossible. Like I said, I was reading Gideon and God let Gideon into battle. And before he can go into battle against the Midianites, the Midianites, they was deep, y'all. They had like 20,000 people. It says 20,000 people. It says their camels was as numerous as the sand is on the beach. And this is from God's view. So that was a lot of camels. Okay. That was a lot of ammo. They had a lot of ammo. They had a lot of people with them. We got our people with us, okay? We in the club. Let me stop saying that. But we got our people with us, right? They was deep. (laughs) And in reading that, God started telling, why would God tell Gideon to start stripping down his army, right? He started telling him, you got a lot of people with you too. You got enough 
I'm telling you right now, you have the victory over the Midianites, but I need you to start stripping down this army. I need you to make them really small, right? In their own eyes. Because they had enough people already to beat them and not to mention God already told him he would have victory. But God didn't want them to boast on their own power and their own strength and their own abilities that they won this war. So God said, listen, strip this army down. I don't want them to think they have any possibility of winning on their own. I don't want them to think that they can go by their own merit. I don't want them to think that they can boast in their own power because it absolutely in human logic will look impossible for them to win. And it's supposed to, right? And so whenever they went, they were about to go into battle, he starts stripping down the army. I mean, the criteria was crazy. God was like, listen, whoever go to this river, even the way they drink, cut them. <laughs> it was some people that were literally licking the water out of their hands like dogs. And God told him to keep those people. And it was about 300 of them. But I understand why he said that, why he said the ones that are lapping up the water like dogs, because they bowed in order to drink that water. And so those that were bowing were the ones that were good for battle because they were, they had a heart of submission. They, they were humble inside. I guess that was, that's what they were showing the heart posture of them. It wasn't just the fact, the action of how they drank the water. It was a heart posture thing. I think that's what he wanted to show us, um, if I have a right understanding of that. But I'm not an expert, y'all, but that's the way I interpret it with the Holy Ghost, all right? And so Gideon goes into battle and he wins the war with only 300 people against 20,000 people. And in that same passage, in that same like Bible plan, it starts telling us about Genesis. It starts telling us about Abraham. And Sarah and how God was promising them this child. And he waited until he was 99 years old to tell him like, yeah, y'all going to still have that baby. Right. And at this point, Abraham's laughing. We always skip that too. That is so funny to me. We always skip that Abraham laughed. We always remember that Sarah laughed, but Abraham laughed first. He laughed first. Fast forward, Sarah laughed, but Abraham laughed in disbelief, but he bowed as he laughed. He bowed before God and then he laughed. So he was like, I don't understand how you're going to do it, but I'm going to submit and obey you anyway. Now, his wife, she was full on like, I ain't laugh. I ain't laugh. She was not submitted. She was like, look, I, I ain't even laugh. What y'all talking about? But the thing about it is he wants us in a place where it does not look, it looks absolutely impossible, where we're very well aware of our human frailty and our lack of ability to have something done to achieve something on our own because he wants to be the one to get the glory. He wants everybody to know that through our testimony and what he's doing in our lives, that he's very well real and alive. And that's what this trusting process is looking like. And it's looking very illogical to human eyes. Like, why would you, like when I was moving to Atlanta, God told me to break your lease, right? Which my family and a lot of people around me was like, girl, let's go mess up your credit. In human logic, yeah, it'll jack my credit up. In human logic, yeah, that wouldn't make sense to blow up everything that I've built here in Austin. I had two of the highest paying jobs I've ever had in my life. Finally had my own place. I had a 2023 car, like, and God gave me that car. He told me specifically where to go to get that car. 2023, in my budget, all this stuff. And for him to tell me to give all of it up and didn't even tell me to sell my furniture, y'all. It got to the point where I was trying to sell my furniture because me, you know, think about us. We don't know how to float. <laughs> we like to flail our arms and panic. 
But um, like I told y'all, when you're floating on water, you got to calm your mind and be still and just know that the water will hold you up. Well, me, I started flailing my arms. I started trying to make some shake, trying to figure some out. I didn't know where I was going to stay in Atlanta. He didn't give me a word of any of that. He just made it like, he just let me know it was very urgent. And he was saying right now, not when your lease is up next April. He was saying right now, right now. And within two weeks, I was in Atlanta. After hearing him tell me to leave within two weeks, I was in Atlanta, Georgia. And against my own logic, against my own understanding, I was moving by a word of the Lord. And he spoke in so many ways. He spoke in so many areas. And so you will know, you will absolutely know when he's telling you to pivot and when he's leading you into something new, you will know he will shake some things up to where it cannot even work where you are. Or he will straight up just blatantly tell you, hey, hey, and he'll make it come from every direction you turn. I mean, even my dance friends that, you know, don't want nothing to do with church or the Bible or nothing. They was even bringing up Atlanta. In some conversations, I just had my very first conversations with some of these people. They were bringing up Atlanta in the conversation. I was watching TV and all of us, I was on YouTube and all of a sudden, I'm like, yo, this, come on. <laughs> so I had to pivot, but it, it did not meet my logic at all. It did not make logical sense. Like to move somewhere, you don't even know. You're getting your feet on the ground. You don't even know where you're going to live. You don't know how you're going to sustain yourself financially, all these things, right? But he was saying, go. I literally just went and everything fell into place. I started to be, he provided for me in ways that I can't even describe. Like I literally had a boss pay me three times my pay to, so that I can leave. <laughs> he was paying me to leave, so to speak, and then kept paying me after that. So it was just like, God, when you move about his will and his way, you can fully trust that he will sustain you and take care of your every need. But you got to trust his yes. Trust him and say yes. And when you say yes, it doesn't just mean yes, right? In our language, it doesn't mean like, uh-huh. It means here I am. And that means yes, before you even ask a thing, my answer is yes, right? When Abraham and all these other people in the Bible said, here I am, whenever God called their name, that means yes, before you ask a thing, my answer is yes. And that's a scary yes. Like I tell people all the time, these worship songs y'all be singing like oceans and all this other stuff that Jesus lead me where my, where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters, wherever you may call me. Don't sing that song unless you really, <laughs> unless you are prepared for the, the repercussions that come along with that. And what your obedience will cost you. The cost of the oil is so expensive, y'all. It literally will strip you of every worldly thing you think you need to survive. Saying yes to God. It will literally strip you of every worldly thing you think you need to survive. Until all you have is just him. All you have is a word from him. All you have is his hand. And he's been reminding me of that too. That's another thing. Wherever you go, don't forget about him. There's so many times the Israelites fail at their own demise because they forgot. God would do something huge for them and they would forget about him. The moment they face hardship, they forgot. They'd be like, oh, who is that? What you did? Oh, I don't remember. Oh, you led us out here to die. Like they, <laughs> they was playing God. But that's the thing about it. You can't forget him in the in-between. And it's so easy because the wind be blowing y'all. 
the dang trees be beating against your house. It's all, listen, everything, everything that could possibly, that I thought this would look like doesn't. It doesn't look anything like I thought. When I initially said yes, nothing looks like it I thought it would. I don't even, I can't even tell you what I thought would happen when I said yes. I knew that, I know that something's still in, I know he's still working. He has a plan. Thank you, Lord. I know he still has a plan and he's orchestrating things and he's getting that place ready for me. But as I'm waiting on it, it costs so much, y'all. Like the preparation, the testing, the, the people testing you and having discernment on who to deal with and who not and having discernment on what places you should be in and which where you shouldn't be and all of these muscles he's building up in me are for the destination and so you can't discount where you are you can't forfeit by trying to find your own solution because that's rebellion and you can't um you can't bring stuff that ain't supposed to come and bring people that ain't supposed to come as, as hard as it is as much as it hurts you got to leave some stuff. You got to leave a lot of things and you got to leave yourself. You literally have to deny yourself like no other. And navigating all of those things has not been easy and it's not going to get, I'm not suspecting it's going to get any easier, but with him, it makes it okay. And with him, it makes it worth it. You know what I'm saying? Getting more of him experiencing him in new ways and learning new new characteristics about him that you never thought you'd encounter that you only read about in the bible they really transform the way that i see my situation now this ain't every day like i told y'all it was hard to get on here today it's, it was hard to <laughs> it was hard to sit on down and subject my flesh into doing something that i didn't necessarily feel like doing um and um and not be an entrepreneur full time and also just be able to have the comfortability or right always having that comfortability that 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 nest egg right but he's not allowing it he's like I'm the nest egg Aaliyah and your gifts will make room for you as soon as you start believing that you are the person I said you are and that everything in you I will use it for my glory if you allow me to and that's key child that's key <laughs> that's key if you let him and if you give them your yes fully, it doesn't look like fixing it on your own. It doesn't look like, oh, I'm going I'm to just, I'm going to do this on the side just in case his plan fall through. Or I know he told me to do this, but I'm also just do this. And I feel like that's the space I've been in as well. I'm learning a very valuable lesson about fixing it myself or trying to be my own solution, flailing my arms, if you will, and not floating. Um, I'm learning a val very valuable lesson because I feel like I've done something that God out of his timing and with that may come persecution and with that may come, um, some people being offended. But the thing about it is, is it's also a lesson for me to make sure that I'm always staying in step with him, that I'm always submitted to him in a way where I don't try to fix my own issue, my own problem and become my own solution because that's me still in his glory and that's me being rebellious against his plan and that's me not trusting him it's like i'm saying it with my mouth but my actions are saying something else and you gotta be you gotta be all in you can't be all in and one toe out you can't even stick a toe out you gotta be all in you gotta be all in texas hold them okay
<laughs> all in. And it's not, it's not easy. Um, but yeah, just <sighs> traveling and doing all the things that you, that I never saw myself doing is, is a high order. And also, I was, when I was working that job and I was being prepared for certain things, I recognize now that I did have always, always had a creative ability. I've always been a natural dancer, a natural singer, always can catch a rhythm, always can hear a note and tune my ears to certain notes and things like that and understand uh, vocals and understand musicality and dance and, and art and all these things and natural at drawing. Nobody had to teach me how to draw. Nobody had to teach me how to dance. Even though I did take dance classes, it was always natural to me, which is why my mom ended up putting me in only performing arts kind of schools because it was a natural instinct of mine to catch a beat and to have musicality. Um, all of those things just came really natural to me. Um, as well as writing and expressing myself in, in uh, literature. Um, all of that stuff came very, very natural to me. I knew how to do all the, the creative things, but I did not have the business hat. So in me working all these jobs and, and working a job that was only paying me a minimal at a time, um, and I was wearing all these hats, you need to wear every hat when God is having you build an empire. Um, and when you're in the building process, you need to be able to wear every hat. Because now that I'm running, I'm a full-time entrepreneur, I am the project manager. I am the manager. I am the um, creative director. I am the designer. I'm just, I do all the marketing. I do the communications. I'm the social media manager. You're going to have to wear every hat. And he had to prepare me for this. And that preparation process, that in-between doesn't feel good. And I'm still being prepared for something even more. Now that I gave him one level of yes, I'm leveling up on another yes. And I'm like, God... This yes is a tall order. I don't think I can go that high. And he's like, yeah, you will. <laughs> and you are. But it's always a level up of trust, a level up, right? A level up um, of you subjecting your flesh to something else. And with new levels come new devils, y'all. I, I don't think enough people talk about that anymore. But be ready. Stay on guard. Make sure you're always building that altar because, baby, when I tell you I've seen and encountered a lot of things in this pivotal season and you, it can put you in your mind a lot. It can make you think you're not in the right place and and all these things. But you always got to be on guard, always got to be ready, stay ready so you don't got to get ready. But yes, that's today's episode, you guys. I really pray that this blessed you, that this conversation blessed you and that it gives you a little more insight. If you are in the in-between season, if you are in the wilderness, if you will, stay faithful with the little. He will make you ruler over much, okay? And stay faithful with, with trusting him and saying yes to him. And if you've given him your yes, don't be an Indian giver and, get, and take it back, okay? And don't try to find your way out of the uncomfortableness. Embrace it and lean into him and lean into his understanding because it's higher than ours. Um, I didn't mean for this to be a whole sermon. I did want to be a little more, talk a little more about some situations, but we're going to stay in step with the Holy Ghost. Okay. But you guys, please write in. If this blessed you guys, please let me know what you, your thoughts are on this episode, writing your listener letters to the late bloomer at pod at gmail.com. So it's the late blue, like the color M dot E R pod at gmail.com. Also follow the Late Bloomer podcast on Instagram, 
follow me. I'm at Aaliyah Joyer. And I can't wait to talk to you guys next week and read a little bit about your insight. Um, so you can kind of tell me your thoughts. Tell me how you're feeling. Tell me what type of season you're in right now. I would love to hear from you guys. But anyway, even if you think you're behind, you're right on time. All right. Love y'all. Thank you.